0: Jake Knapp is the inventor of the design sprint and the New York Times best-selling author of the book Sprint. He's also the co-founder of Character, a venture fund for early stage startups. How and why did you start using Miro?
1: I came from this position of thinking, I don't want to be doing stuff online, to thinking now when I do a sprint in person with a company, And Miro does all those things. So to me, at least as an investor, I'm thinking, give the team the tools that are going to help them think, that are going to make the most, brighten their, their skills as smart folks. And Miro is at the top of that list. All right. Welcome back to the Whitetail Experience podcast. We got another buck down. It is November. It's 75 and hot as a mother effer outside. But we got a buck down, so so I'm pretty jacked. Kyle is here in studio in the land of in-betweeners, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, uh, we are fired up, but just a couple housekeeping items. One, we just put out a video on YouTube um, continuing the public land series, and I think I'm gonna actually get to hunt Kentucky a decent amount here over the, the, the last oh, couple days before their firearm season ends. So that's the, that's a little oh, more tactical based. I, I break a map down on that video. It's it's definitely um, something to check out if you're looking to see how we kind of do what we do on the public lands. Um, other than that, also code uh, e- WEXP at checkout for Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Um, enter that in if you're gonna make a Christmas present to yourself. Definitely save a little cash entering that bad boy, and it'll be good to go. Kyle, welcome to the studio in person.
2: Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Happy to be here.
1: For sure. So, Kyle, you've been on the team now. Um, I think you were the only addition after our first year.
2: Yeah, I think this is uh, year three.
1: Yeah, and, and you know you were buddies with Dave in school.
2: Uh, long time. <laughs> I've unfortunately known Dave Ebright for... A long time. <laughs> yeah,
1: and you live here in Columbus, which which is kind of a factor because we get a lot of messages and guys saying, "Hey, can I be a part of the team?" And something that's cool about the team is it's kind of local.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, that's definitely a dynamic that you don't see with a lot of a lot of people on our platform, a lot of teams on our platform.
1: Mm-hmm. And and something that oh, Dave and I know like noted year one is like, man, if we ever added somebody, it would probably be Kyle um so so we were happy to have you and um you know actually if you go to our youtube channel you also have a bear hunt out there you've, mm-hmm. you you you've, you've done some other hunts you you've killed some an, an antelope
2: i've killed a couple of antelope a okay. couple of black bear uh, i think i got a turkey under my belt
1: <laughs> oh yeah we're not turkey hunters though. go ahead and scoot forward just a little bit so we can pick up the mic a little better <laughs> we're not pros but we try <laughs> um, but yeah, like, um, so you've, you've you've dabbled that you you killed a buck uh, two years ago in the big woods, the kind of oh bladed tighter rack guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you need to fit well in here in the land of in between. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kyle and 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 Kyle said like I think to kick things off, you know, let's rewind time. We're gonna talk a little bit of the generic big woods hunting, and then we'll get into the the buck kill because that's what people are tuning in for. Okay, and Rewind about four or five years ago, you had some pieces that you were sharing permission on. Um, I'm not sure how much you were still dabbling. I'm sure some in the family property down down in uh, southern Ohio. And um, you know, you kind of said, "You know what? I'm a I'm a step away from some of these farms. I'm going to go hunt some public land." But you were also kind of still going through uh, going back to school to to become a firefighter, or paramedic.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... It was definitely a big change. Um, there was uh, quite a bit of land that I that I was hunting um, with permission from from somebody else, uh, but I wanted to. Um, I really just wanted to, I guess, make myself a little bit better of a hunter. Make my give my like work up on my woodsmanship, um, and I knew down at the property that I hunted it, it required a a different uh, level of uh, I guess hunter to be successful at. So. Um, that was one of the things that I really wanted to build on. Um, and you're right. And I I also went through a, a long spell where I was uh, going through this required schooling to start my career uh, in the fire service. So it, it was all, it all kind of ended up working together, but it also worked against each other for the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, part of that requirement was um, a lot of time, a lot of hours. And you couldn't pick your days off, and then limited off-season scouting, which I feel like is a, is something that is important in a piece of public land is getting the blueprint of the areas. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Boots on the ground is uh, not, nothing beats boots on the ground. You can do all the e-scouting you want, and like um, you just you just don't get the intel that you get with boots on the ground.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... Quick mic adjustment on the fly, but we got it going. So, Kyle, let's let's talk a little bit. Um, what have been maybe a few of the eye-opening type things that you've seen hunting the big woods in the last three or four years, whether it be been an encounter or just stuff you may have heard on a podcast and then applied? Can, can you think of a few things that maybe like, you know, that our listener that, that resonated with you that you would like to, to touch on or share? Yeah. Um. I'd say really just the, the big thing for me
2: personally is being patient. Um, because the, the areas that I hunt, it's, it has its, so when you're hunting public land in, in, in Ohio, pressured public land, it has its challenges. When you're hunting hill country, it has its challenges. And when you're hunting the big woods, it has its challenges. But the area that I hunt is literally all three. So it's, it's a combination of, it, it's, the, it's the it's the the worst possible thing that you could hunt. I mean, it's hardest hardest all around. I would think.
1: Um, yeah, I would say um, <clears throat> my big woods hunting game. There's not as much material out there as far as even like podcasts. Um, now it's way better, right? Than than it was five years ago, even. But um, I. I would say finding a good piece of big woods and understanding it and hunting it, that game, yeah, it takes a while. I think some of my farm country stuff, I can scout it one time and kind of figure it out. Right, right. And for me, uh, some some of
2: the big things are being able to scout and hunt, being able to identify hot sign, being able to set up on it. Being mobile was a big part of it. That's kind of relatively new to my hunting arsenal. Um, so those are the, the patience and being able to go and scout and hunt. That's that's probably the biggest things for me because there are a lot of there's a long periods of time where I don't see I don't see deer. Yeah. So it's you just got to keep
1: grinding. You got to embrace the suck. I heard someone say <laughs> yeah, so that is one of my favorites. Yeah. So. no, I in, in that mindset of I'm gonna go hunt this piece of public. I may not see a deer, but I've also got a chance to kill a good one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you may only have one deer come through that day, but um, based on X, Y, and Z, uh, it could be a good one. And that's a, it's a different mental thing. And and actually, it's funny you said patience and, and, and you know, that frustration kind of in the tone of your voice. Mm-hmm. When Dave and I started the Whitetail Experience, Dave was hunting hill country, farm-ish, and I was hunting a lot of big woods. Mm-hmm. And I, they'd be like, oh, I saw this six-pointer, had this small rack date." Uh, three does came through. T- Twenty minutes later, you know this buck comes, but they—I mean—they'd see ten deer in a morning, and I, right. I saw one, mm-hmm. yeah, anyway. or zero, right? And I'm like trying to apply these these in fault hill country tactics, and I maybe didn't have enough of the core scout off-season scouting and, and, and really just hunting experience to figure it out at that point. And, uh, you know, rewind six years ago when I really started really diving into it. Um, now my hunts in the big woods, I see more deer than I used to, which helps. Right.
2: Yeah. I, and I think that, uh, I think more people should probably take <clears throat> the, the infault big hill country stuff as more of a, a guideline as, as to mm-hmm. being something that's a sure thing especially in public land in big woods just because it's it doesn't
1: always work out as easy as he makes it sound yeah and i'll be interested knowing now that you've freed up your schedule as far as you're not in school anymore right and maybe you can scout and put on 50 to 70 miles in an off season what your hunting looks like here over the next three years because the other thing too Firefighters, paramedics, a lot of those guys that are hunters, mm-hmm. they allow themselves the time to kill big bucks. Um, mm-hmm. The Kaufman buck comes to mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. I've actually ran into him quite a few times on some scenes. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, it's it honestly, it's looking really good. Um, I was able to finish up all of my schooling uh, just about a week and a half before season opener, and I got to hunt more up until November 6th this year, then I got to hunt the two previous years. Yeah. So it's uh it's really it's really working out. It's um I would be lying if I said that that wasn't one of the main reasons why I looked into the fire service
1: anyways. Oh, trust me, if I could go back, I would even like like a nurse, some sort of 3-day shift thing like mm-hmm. yeah, 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 sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. So, let's get into the 2020 season. And I guess let's describe some of your hunting and expectations and everything going going into season uh, if you had to put a summary type thoughts around uh, let's call it January 1 to September 15th ish you know that time frame from the off season into you know a week or two out what what were you thinking what were your goals down there?
2: Um, that time frame I was uh, I was able to get in. I was still in school early January, all the way up in through February. Um, and then we had COVID hit, so work kind of really skyrocketed. There was there was quite a bit of time that I was at work as well, so that kind of limited some time to get out and scout. But I was still able to slide out there a few times, get some boots on the ground, check out some areas that I had e-scouted. Um, new areas? New areas, okay. yeah. Actually, one of the areas that I, I uh, tagged out,
1: this year was a was an area that i did scout so and what made you say that was a good area to maybe pop back into here during season you find some hammer rubs just good terrain yeah. feature well i i end, i i've the
2: tree that i ended up setting up in there was just it was just after the area was just absolutely riddled with scrapes mm-hmm. and it was uh there there was no doubt that there was going to be something traveling through that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll be something that when we get to that, when we yeah, get to that part, we'll that, get I, to I'll that I'll hit a little bit more on that. But yeah, it was, there was just so much hot sign that it was, and I had absolutely no choice. I hadn't found sign like that all year. Mm-hmm. I had to
1: sit at it. Okay. So going into season, what, uh, what is your goal down there as far as caliber or, uh, maybe something that you were like, Hey, I want to get better at X on my hunting down here.
2: Uh, I really, I really just wanted to get out and check out some, a bunch of different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I've hunted, I've hunted that area around around my family cabin for some time now, and I had a tendency to just spend a lot of time on the same three and four ridges. Mm-hmm. That all funneled to the family property. Yeah, that all kind of funneled okay. around that way, um, and I, uh, I really just wanted to broaden broaden out a little bit more and, and go, go find the deer. That's mm-hmm. that's the thing. Cause that's the thing you got to find, you got to go where they're at. They're not going to come to you a lot of the time. You may, you have a couple week period where they might find their way to you, but I'm not hunting for just a couple weeks a year. Mm-hmm. At least that's not the plan. So I got to go and I got to travel around and I got to go find them. Yeah. So, and that was, that was one of the things that I made sure that I did when the few times that I was able to get out and scout, uh, in the off season was to go check out these areas and put boots on the ground and get the intel that I needed
1: yeah now did you have I know you had some trail cam picks rolling in through through um some family and also you were running some cams did you have a couple bucks that you were kind of targeting or felt good about like hey I've seen a few a few more shooters this year on cam yeah absolutely um there's
2: a, we actually nobody at camp last year wrapped a tag around a deer like no does no bucks were taken at all last mm-hmm. year and we saw a tremendous jump in the trail camera pictures of potential shooters and shooters that we were that we were getting on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, one deer that I was really targeting was a buck that I uh, got a shot at the Saturday of gun season last year, and um, luckily I, I didn't I didn't didn't hit him because he was uh, he ended up blowing up pretty big this year, and I was chasing him for a while. Got to see him a couple times. Got hundreds of trail camera pictures of him. And uh, just was never able to get close enough to him to seal the deal with the, with the bow in the hand this year. But, yeah, we were seeing a tremendous amount of, um, of, of potential shooters and shooters that we were getting on camera, especially in the last couple weeks.
1: So, Kyle, let's talk about your earlier half of season. because And, and I'm going to paint the picture of opening day, which is the last uh, weekend in, in September, to uh, let's call it October 20th. Okay, because you sent the funniest text. Oh, around October 22nd, when I had killed my buck, you you texted in our group, Byron. You've gutted more deer than I have seen. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was a it was definitely a rough start to the year. There's no doubt about it. Um, my first couple sets, I was able to I was able to get eyes on um, four deer. I think the first night I sat down, uh, and it was opening weekend. And then a couple of days later, I. I had a couple does come through late, um, but then from October first all the way until October twenty, October thirtieth, I saw two deer in the stand.
1: And how many hunts are we talking?
2: Fourteen mornings and fourteen evenings
1: between October one to October thirtieth. Yeah, and you saw two deer from the stand.
2: And that's that's just a rough guess.
1: Yeah, mean, yeah, it could yeah. have been more, could have been less. No, but I, it's, yeah, I it kinda, was quite a bit. Now, and I don't traditionally start hunting the big woods until later-ish October because I do think the the, the, the earlier half of October, depending on the oaks, I think it can be a tougher game. And that's what I or think. Or maybe a, a hole in my game. That's maybe a more positive way to look at it. Maybe I'm not the best big woods early season hunter. I it could that could be the case, um, but for my for the area
2: that I hunt, there is literally thousands and thousands of oaks. Yeah. So and it's when I say big woods, I mean you can literally walk four or five miles in these woods up and down these hills. I'm talking as a crow flies and not hit a road, and it's just absolutely peppered
1: with oaks, and you have a good mass crop. I mean even if you don't have a like if you have an average average mass crop there's still plenty of oaks you're right there, there are plenty of Oaks i would prefer it to be like the worst mass crop
2: possible <laughs> <laughs> and only have like two or three yeah. that way i could just find those areas but this year was a pretty good was a pretty good mass crop and uh they were they just didn't have to move that's it and and when they don't have to move and as Hot as it's been all season for us, and as crunchy as these these are, mm-hmm. you get the wind swirling. That combination of everything, you're just flat out not going to get close to them unless
1: they're coming to you, and they're not moving, like we just said. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a tougher game. Um, I don't have my trail cams actually kind of have showed me some different things this year. And um, talking with Chad and um, talking with Jake Bush, who dabbles a little bit in some some hill country, mm-hmm. um, I have pictures of. of quality bucks hitting scrapes not necessarily raking it free october 10th Mm -hmm. but pop through on a whim on uh, on october 10th yeah and um i do uh, even where where i killed my buck in the big woods i think if you hunted it in the better weather days in october you could have could have killed some some bucks uh, uh now maybe that was just a special coincidence that the there was a few good shooters in that particular area and that area seemed to be hot for, for all of October. Mm -hmm. So, but I have hope, I have hope that maybe, maybe in my scouting and and some of the trail cams that I can improve and and hopefully connect, um, in the, the earlier half of October in the big woods going forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Um, one of the big things that I saw with my trail cameras though, and one of the, I guess one of the changes that I made is I focused more on, scrapes that I thought were year round scrapes and I was putting my cameras on those Mm -hmm. and I had a lot more shooter buck activity early before the season and early season than I ever had. So maybe that's, that's one of the bigger takeaways that I've taken away from this year as well is stop trying to focus so much on travel areas because they can literally travel anywhere Mm -hmm. and focus more on the scrapes where you know that they're going to check into those areas at one point or another. Yeah.
1: Like even my summer trail cams on scrapes, um, I never got like a, like a buck every day kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I think once a month they, they would pop through and, and they would, uh, they would, they would work the licking branch ish. Not, not like you would in October, but like, you know, fairly once a month, the, you know, a couple of these better bucks would pop in on that scrape. So definitely that is something I am going to start prioritizing a little more on my, in my off season scouting, dropping pins I think I've walked by some some scrapes that maybe I need to drop more pins right. on.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I'm On the, uh, I'm guilty of that as well. I need to use that on X a little bit more to its abilities as opposed to uh, yeah. using
1: it just to my convenience, I guess. Yeah. So I, I do want to pivot before we get into the true buck story. You said there's a cabin down there. Um, I've never seen the cabin, but... I would think our listeners, and and this is a little bit of a selfish question because one day, I could see myself buying five, ten acres, in, in an area around one of these pieces of big woods public where I could maybe have one stand site on my property, mm-hmm. but it give me almost a home base, right. to operate. And I'm talking to, it could even be something like a one of those shipping containers. Oh yeah, you know where I've got a 100 percent like mouse proof type. Mm-hmm. And, and, and throw electric to it. hmm Yeah. What, operating out of that cabin, how nice is that? Is that something that that that, that you maybe either, you know, if, if the family cabin would disappear, you'd look and buy one yourself? Uh, talk to me a little bit about operating out of the, the cabin close to a nice, p- bigger piece of public.
2: Yeah, it, uh, it's, I'm, I mean, it's worth its weight in gold, to be honest. Um, I would say the biggest thing, because of where it's located and how far away it is from, from home for me, Mm -hmm. um, is it makes it super easy to go down and just, if I want to hunt one day, I can go down the night before sleep there. And then I don't have that travel time. I can pick up on some extra sleep, which is, which is big. Um, but it's for me, like we were just talking about with my work schedule, I I'm able to spend two, three, four days down there at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean that's a lot of drive time. If I'm going to drive 2 hours one way, that's that's a tremendous amount of drive time that I say. Yeah, for. that's
1: 4 hours a day and yeah, and yeah that wears on you. Um, it, it puts wear and tear on a vehicle and uh, gas expense. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's that's
2: that's the big one right there. We spend enough money on our hunting addiction as it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, no, my gas yeah, my Mileage on my truck and then tires because oh, you, you know, I put on a lot of my dude. I probably put 25 to 30,000. Oh, anywhere. easily, easily from September to from mm-hmm. September to December for sure. Yeah, some of that's the Iowa driving too. But, anyways, so yeah, the cabin um, quality to, to kind of have a, an operational home base. Um, is it a you guys got electric running water?
2: Yeah, we definitely don't rough it. Now, we've had periods where we roughed it before we started building, but yeah, it's um, it's probably 2,200 square feet, four bedrooms, yeah. bathroom. It's got a kitchen, living room, loft. Yeah, you know, we got big screen TV, cable. I mean, uh, we don't rough it. That yeah, yeah, it means.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. Like, I am uh, that's a, a guy who introduced me to hunting, Gary Yager, Um, he had 120 acres in Coshocton, phenomenal county. Mm-hmm. And they had, they put a similar type, they had half a kitchen where they had a microwave, um, running water, electric. And that that's like, you know, that got me into hunting because we did, we had a home base. Right. And dude, it was awesome.
2: Yeah. And, and being able being able to get that quality sleep. Mm-hmm. The night before a hunt helps you just stay that much more alert while you're in the stand too, and that's a big thing, especially when you're a lot like me hunting the big woods, where you you have no problem going out and sitting from daylight to dark, mm-hmm. and you have to be sharp all day long. Yeah, when, when you're sitting in those time, ta- especially this time of year, this time of year, man. because yeah, yeah. anything can happen at any time, and if you're if you're caught slipping, that's that's the only opportunity you get a lot of times.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's something I have, have really. Oh, talk to Dave about, it's like, man, you get, in a good year, you might get two, but but generally, you get one chance Mm
0: -hmm.
1: at a good buck. Mm -hmm. Whatever that buck is, you get one chance if you work hard here in in, in Ohio, it seems. Now, we're becoming a little better hunters. Um, Well, and I I think that one of the big
2: things that kind of works against us is one of the laws in Ohio with public land is you can't cut shooting lanes. So a lot of the shooting lanes that we find are kind of on the fly because mm. the, the lanes that you find when you first get set up in the tree stand are never the lanes that the deer have walked through. <laughs> Definitely not. So it's, that's, that's one of the big things that kind of works against you is your opportunities are probably, are even a smaller window because of laws and regulations like that.
1: Yeah. So let's, let's jump back in. It is now October 30th, and from then on... What does kind of your rut look like as far as sightings and and deer and then we're going to get into the encounter? Uh, Okay, so October
2: 30th um, I go in for, I get off of work and I drive down and I get there for an evening hunt. Um, I go out and I don't don't see anything in the evening and I uh, check a couple cameras on my way out and it, one of the cameras indicated to me that the buck that i was after um he was a su- super massive like 11 point split g2 on his right side he, the one that the one that i missed last year he he really blew up but he uh he showed up about 15 or 20 minutes after shooting light that night i was running a little late getting out and uh i kind of started putting some pieces of the puzzle together uh, together for that and I decided to go into an area that I thought was his bedroom, an area that I scouted earlier, a couple weeks earlier, and found some scrapes, found what I thought to be a potential buck bed. So I made sure that I got in there the following evening on Halloween, mm-hmm. and uh, I was able to sneak in. It was an eastern facing bowl that had kind of like three fingers coming off of it, and I made my way up in between the top, uh, the middle, and top finger. Um, later in the evening kind of hope like letting my thermals kind of start falling behind me letting the shadows kind of help me out in that sense because i didn't the, the bed that i found was a little closer to the top And i got set up and he was actually the first deer that i had saw that night after i was sitting there maybe an hour and 45 minutes the target the target the, buck the, the target split g2 buck. yes the target buck was the first one that i had saw and um, this is a big deer. Yes, big deer. Big deer. Uh, right away, knew immediate sh- immediately was a shooter. Um, he was the f- first deer that I'd seen since October 1st. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that. was yeah, the third it, deer that I'd seen since October 1st. been a while first. since you saw some yeah, deer. Yeah, and the first buck that
1: I'd actually really laid my eyes on all year long. Dude, the first buck mm, I saw, mm, might have been the first buck I saw I shot this year. Really, yeah, so I mean it, it they just they just didn't really seem to be moving that buck was the only buck I, I saw a, I saw a lot of bucks that year, but that was not until the rut, right, you know, I think that year I saw six bucks right racked non two pointers non four right.
2: pointers and, and I guess I should specify too that that's the first buck that I'd seen in stand um mm-hmm. i I jumped them scouting and and whatnot, but the first seeing that first buck in stand and being it the one that I've been after. I mean, really, really got my, my heart pumping. really got me right back in the, gra- the game because, like I said, it was, it was a grind all the way up to that point. Um, so what I did was um, he, he kind of moved away from me. Um, he, never, he never came within 70 or 80 yards of me, and I watched him go up this path up to the top of the hill and then crest over the hill and make his way over to the other side of the ridge. Um, so what I did was I
1: read What the hell is he going up in the evening, you know, right. All the thermals are, all, all the sun should be down low, right? Well, and my thought was, is he was, because I was on the
2: Eastern facing side of the Hill, he was going over to the Western facing side, which was, which the thermals were still rising on that side. Um, and that the, where he went was another bowl. It was kind of, it's kind of a pinch at the top of that Ridge and it's a heavily dough bed. It's bed doe bed heaven. Yeah. Um, and I was just assuming that he was going over there to check check those beds.
1: What time of day was it when he, um, you, the visual sighting, like you have an hour before closing time or like so, 10 minutes? So this, no, it was, it was probably an hour and a
2: half before, before it got dark because this, this was, uh, I can't, this was the day before daylight savings. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, it was probably an hour and a half before, before it actually got dark. I was had it windy as shit that day?
1: uh or is that the day the wind stopped blowing the, the next day the next day was the real windy day okay yeah cause I I, was, I yeah. was hunting too and I remember just being windy as shit yeah the next day
2: was the extremely windy day but what I did is after he crested that hill was I went down and I readjusted and I went I got to where that path that he that he went up was within shooting range I sat up there and the plan was is to sit there the whole next day because the wind and the thermals were right for that area hmm. um Got it, figured out a different access that I was going to take into it, and it worked out, it ended up working out pretty well. Um, didn't see anything else the rest of that night. Um, what about
1: the next day? Did you see him?
2: The next day, I did see him. Shut the front door. I, I didn't know this. I did see him the next morning. Uh, I was, morning? Yeah, it was the morning. What'd he do? Well, I was kind of, I was just sitting, really it was a slow morning all the way until about nine o'clock, and then I saw a little button just kind of moseying its way Towards me, coming from the north, mm-hmm. um, and it just it it took an I don't know maybe thirty minutes to work eighty five yards to to me just sitting there eating the acorns and um, I took my eyes off of it for a second to look behind me, and when I turn back around, he takes off running. I'm like, what is this deer running from? Like my he's no there's no way he's winning me. Like what it, is he just acting like a young deer or what what does what's the deal? And then out of nowhere, the big one pops out from another from a big tree so i saw what what was bumping him off uh and he if i would have been sitting in the same tree that i was in the night before shut up he would have been within 15 yards of my tree
1: oh my god in my opinion you made you made the right move you yeah. know and i thought what are you so gonna too? do not move to yeah. where you saw a big buck
2: the day before and that's that's just the nature of our beast you know <sighs> that's just the way it works sometimes okay um uh, but he, I, he actually, this time he's he's following this little bench, um, and he follows it down to that middle finger, and he, he gets to, right at the right where that middle finger kind of meets that ridge or that bowl, and he hangs out there for maybe ten or fifteen minutes, and then just kind of moseys off. And that was that was all that I had saw of him that day. I ended up sitting all day that day. I uh, saw 13 total deer that day.
1: And the, the, now your average is way better than in the year October.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I think I saw eight deer up to that point, and I saw 13 that day. So I
1: was uh, I was on cloud nine for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'd
1: say, man. I, I still have not, uh, and I haven't done a lot of hunting yet, but I still haven't. My head had the explosion. Yeah, and it's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it right now, too, with the way the weather is. Oh, my gosh, dude. As Kyle and I sit here and podcast, like, I was sweating blowing leaves in my driveway. Yeah, it's, it's like, 75 degrees and humid. and Yeah. a still seeing some deer in the mornings. I think the deer are still moving because the, the overnight temps are getting into the forest. Let's not get distracted. Yeah. Back to the buck story. <laughs> um, so, like, bring us through to 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 either the day before the encounter or the day of the encounter what are we looking at um, where we're now November 30 Uh so yeah I saw
2: I saw the um, shooter the the big guy that I've been chasing again um, the second time on November 1st and I just kind of I, I set up a couple different cameras around that ridge because obviously I, I knew that I was in his area at that point and um, and cameras were getting him, but they were never, never before midnight and never after four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So he was really, he was really not doing anything during the daylight after that point. I don't know if he had caught some wind of mine or what, but for whatever reason, he was strictly nocturnal in that area. <laughs> so I went to some adjacent ridges, um, looking for him, looking for sign, looking for hot sign. It was just struggling to, to actually get back on him. Um, and then his pictures on the trail camera over the course of the next couple of days just kind of dwindled away.
1: Now, being that time of year, you know, you're talking the first week of November, he could have found them. He could have. You could've. know, he could have found a doe and been hillsides over. Absolutely. So, at this point, you think he's dried up. And you, are you hunting, did you come back to, to, to Columbus or are you down there the whole time? So, that this was my rutcation. I had my okay. schedule set up to where...
2: I got down there on the 29th or the 30th, whatever that day was, and then I was going to be hunting all the way until this evening. Okay. Um, I don't go back to work until tomorrow. So it was a 10 or 12-day period, um, and I, I hadn't come
1: home. I was down there by myself majority of the time. With limited signal. A very limited signal. It's tough, man. You know, something uh, Zoe and I talk about, uh, we've said this behind your back, and I'll tell you now, is Kyle can grind. <laughs> You know, you've done some trips, um, and gone some places and, and done some hunt, hard hunts and every year in the rut, um, you don't hunt some of the similar pieces that, that the rest of us do and, uh, you have limited signal, you're kind of sometimes a, a solo, uh, lone wolf, if you will, out there in the timber. I guess that's one
2: way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know, it, it, it's pretty easy for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a very simple guy, I, I enjoy the peace and the quiet, mm-hmm. um. I enjoy kind of just falling off the map too. Uh, when I go on the hunts that I, the, the big game hunts that I go on to, it's, there's no signal there either. Just being able to be off the grid for me is enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, it's not so much, it is a grind, but for me, it's, it's a little less of a grind than it would be for your average Joe, I
1: would think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's get to the, uh, the meat and potatoes of this episode. What, what, how do we how do we end up in that tree that morning? Is it, is there some prior information? Um, no, there was really no prior information. Uh,
2: like I said, the uh, cameras just really dried up with that the G two the, tar- G2 buck, the, the we'll target bug, yeah. um, and I I just wasn't going to hunt a ghost is really what it boiled down to. Mm-hmm. So Thursday the fifth, I. Um, I decided it was a hot evening. I decided that I was going to go and I was going to go to some areas that I hadn't been to yet this year. I was going to do some scouting. I was going to do a, like a scout and hunt, look for hot sign. And it ended up, I went out at like noon and it ended up being a five hour, four and a half mile trip that I just couldn't find anything that I felt was worthy or I kept bumping them. And I would I was bumping deer left and right because of how loud the woods were like the, you just could not sneak anywhere so I kind of threw in the towel I pulled a David Ebright and I retired for the evening and uh, I got back to the cabin around 5 o'clock 5.15 and I had a little bit of time left and um, I know it's probably 4.30 about one time I got back so I said you know what I'm going to go over and check this spot it's about Five six miles down the road, um, that I'd been e scouting. Uh, it's a low lying area, and it's a super super tight pinch. That if you're not really paying attention on the maps, that you're not really you're not going to catch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a pin there that I set in maybe early August. I decided to go check it. It's a creek that I had to cross. That can it, it's probably twenty yards wide, and it,
1: it so, it's, so wait, wait twenty yards wide. Yeah, it's... This is the difference between a, a creek with an eye, you can jump across. A creek <laughs> yes. is a small river, in yeah, my opinion. Exactly. We're, we're, gonna, <laughs> I, we're clarifying this for every hunter in the industry on the Whitetail Experience podcast. Here's the difference. A creek, you can jump across. Or step through, it's 5, 10 yards wide max. Right. Once you got to either put some hip waders on or it's a wider body of water, it becomes a creek, which is essentially a small river. Yes, there's definitely two E's in this creek. Okay. Um, Fact check and, us; it's on Google.
2: <laughs> and honest, to be honest with you, I actually did buy a, a set of waders just for this area mm-hmm. because I knew that there's the potential that um, this creek is—it's is, not. There's very few times that you can actually walk across it with just your just your hunting boots. Mm-hmm. So I purchased early season. I purchased a some waders to actually get across. you like them are they good uh, i haven't had to use them yet oh okay so I, when i got there i wanted to check the creek to see if i was able to get
1: across and i was able to walk across in my mucks okay uh, and not get wet so i have some some tied wee hip waders mm-hmm. um i'll score them a six seven out of ten they're 35 dollars yeah so they seem to work i literally throw them on the pack and i i have a few creeks <laughs> that I have to cross, but yeah, they, they seem to do the job. I I would recommend them. Yeah, I just purchased mine off of marketplace. Okay, you know, on Facebook. So, okay, I mean, it was,
2: are they true hip
1: waiters or chest waiters? No, they're they're
2: chest waiters. Oh, they're full blown. They're, yeah, okay, they're yeah. full blown Cabela chest waiters. They're 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 not bad. that's okay. for sure. Uh, but I I made my way over to that area. I could see that I could walk across the creek, and I said, well, you know, since I can get across it, I have my stand with me. Mm-hmm. Let's just go over here and scout. I mean, I got. 20, 30 minutes left, I'm going to go over here and scout Mm -hmm. uh, this this pinch that I hadn't made made it over to yet, and work my way over there. I find a couple scrapes working my way to the area, and then when I get there, it is just absolutely riddled with scrapes, and I'm not talking. How many are
1: we talking? I'm just, a ballpark number, I'm going to say 15. And you walked by two or three on your way in there? Yeah. I'm gonna, fifteen scrapes in a in a how many I'm gonna say baseball a, field, softball f- I'm like it, it's so basketball the, court. The, how big? the
2: pinch is probably sixty yards wide and it's maybe a hundred yards long. Okay. And I'm gonna say that I saw fifteen or sixteen in that in that roughly
1: a football field then.
2: Roughly. Okay. Roughly. Fifteen scrapes. And yeah, one Jesus. And it, it's a low lying area, so it holds sign better than than mm. a lot of other places, mm-hmm. than, than the hill country's going to. Um, so that was something that I took into account. Like I had to, I had to have that in the back of my mind. With the paths, they look like dirt bikes have been going through them. There's just deer tracks everywhere. And then I come to, a, exactly where I had placed this pen, mm-hmm. just blindly, and there is a scrape that you could put my truck hood in, mm-hmm. and it not touch the outside of it, and it it has doe droppings buck droppings just all kinds of tracks in it and it is like there's just absolutely no way i can't sit over this spot Mm. with the um with it being in a low-lying area though the tree selection was very very slim um i'd say 98 percent of the trees that are in this area are probably only like miniature basketball size
1: that's my go-to I'm, I'm a little bigger. I like a little bigger <laughs> tree. I like a little, I like a little beefier tree,
2: <laughs> especially for the days like the windy day that we were talking about. So, but they were they were real small trees. Um, there was there was very little brush underneath. There was some probably knee high grass, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, umbrellas uh, of, of the of the, the the sticks and stuff. It just there was not very many places that I could just disappear. Mm. Um, but I did get fortunate and find a tree 15 yards from this big scrape that's about basketball size. It's got good cover up top, but I have to get as high as I can possibly get in this tree. Mm-hmm. And I know you're against that. I know that's not your thing. <laughs> you're the one stick wonder. I get it. But I literally stretched out my lone wolf sticks as high as I could possibly
1: get them. Because you, you run a four minis, two cable haters, correct? Correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think I was able to get, and there was a couple limbs that I was able to use too. I think I was able to get like north of 20, 22 feet. So you're up there. I was up there. Okay. And it, it, I had to be. Um, yep. as I was setting up the stand that I, I had my stand on my back that mm-hmm. Thursday night when I was scouting. So mm-hmm. I just went ahead and set it up for the following morning just to Absolutely. get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, as I was setting it up, I have a 115 128 point walk in behind me, get to 30 yards, see my sticks, he either saw the sticks or my backpack straps hanging below the umbrella. Yeah. 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 And he just kind of just smote just moseyed on back. He didn't, he didn't get scared. He just kind of turned around, and moseyed on back. So mm-hmm. The movement You had to feel awesome at this point. Oh yeah, I was I was on cloud nine. So I determined that because of the the low cover, I had to be up high. I had to be in the umbrella. Um, I had to adjust my sticks to move them to the other side of the tree because I was a little closer to the other side of the pinch that they weren't going to come in. The come by. Okay. Um, just to get those out of the way, um, and I needed to really keep my head on a swivel. But more so, things had really slowed down for me in the the other areas that I was hunting. So I told myself I have three days left.
1: And this is your best lead. Yeah. This you is, just seen the 115.
2: Yeah, this is the hottest sign that I've seen all year. Yeah. I have three days left. I'm sitting in this pinch from daylight to dark the next three days. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd started to the heat up. We started... I didn't personally see it, but... Uh, some of the people that I was with started to see a little bit more of the smaller bucks chasing with all the sign that I was seeing. It was going to happen in this pinch over the course of the next three days, but I had to be there for it. There's no coming out of the stand.
1: Mm -hmm. And, um, I got set up. Well, uh, you you got a pinch there. You got scrapes there. Yeah. I mean, what else
2: do you, what else do I want this time of year? Yeah.
1: And something that, uh. Kind of opened my eyes, uh, uh, Chad from, from Exodus, which I don't think any individual in Ohio runs as many cameras in the big woods on scrape Southern Ohio. mm mm-hmm. I, I don't believe there's any other person. He talks about the scrape uh, media is all geared around late October, and that's across the Midwest. Sure. But Southern Ohio deer are a little more south. Mm-hmm. And he says, we get a little more of that pre-ruddy, scrapey action into the first week of November than um, probably your average person knows about. Sure, and, sure. And, and so, your success and, and talking with a few other hunters, I, I'm a believer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, I mean, being living here in central
2: Ohio and knowing people that hunt central Ohio and, and being somebody who predominantly hunts southern Ohio, like, I noticed that difference too um there's there's definitely running activity up here before it happens down there Mm -hmm. so okay uh, it's that's something that i just picked up over the years but just to kind of
1: touch on what you were saying yeah yeah so let let's the sun has come up it is day of harvest for our listeners painting the picture what are we looking at sir well let's step
2: back about an hour and a half before the sun comes up i uh get to get to where i want to be um cross the creek make my i'd never walked there in the dark so there was no paths cut or anything like that it was kind of moseying around in the dark and looking at onyx and trying to figure out where this pin's at because mm-hmm. um, it's 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 not the easiest place to find i can i will tell you that i get to about 60 70 60 yards from where i think my stand's at and then out of nowhere i get flashed by this light
1: Shut the front door. I didn't know this.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm at this this there's a creek this creek, it kind of it bends and I'm at a bend in this creek and on the opposite side of the creek there's a guy in a stand already setting. And I'm I don't know, forty five minutes before daylight. And you didn't see the stand the prior day. Didn't see the stand the You're prior day. You're kind of early. I, I'm a little early, yeah. I didn't see the
1: stand the this prior day. This ain't no dicky mo is what I'm thinking. Uh well I saw it later and well We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um,
2: but I'm... I, first off, I, I'm shocked, scared. I felt like I had to change my pants because I don't normally run into a lot of people and it's out of nowhere. I'm getting flashed by this light. I don't know if it's aliens or another hunter. I don't know what to deal is. <laughs> but uh, I end up just waving at him, apologizing, and then going on about my way. And I only get about 20 yards from where he flashes me and I see my uh, there, I, my... Pool rope has a little reflector on it. Sure, and I see my reflector, and I'm like twenty yards. That, that's where I see it. But it, he's probably my my reflector's still 40, 50 yards in, down into this pit. Okay, so
1: 60-ish yards from this dude.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I. I but he's I, downwind of you, right? Uh, he is. The wind on this day there was only like a a one to two mile oh, forget an hour it ain't wind. Do so it, yeah, it we're it working is. on thermals anyways okay. at this point. But I stopped for a second. And I think, he's already here, but I, my stand's already in the tree. My stand was there last night, and there is absolutely no way that I'm not hunting this pinch.
1: At least for the first, hour, you know, couple hours of the day. I was hunting this pinch until today. Okay. I, okay. Was, not,
2: I was not leaving this Forget pinch. this
1: other dude. I had a
2: cable lock. I was leaving my tree stand. I was locking my tree stand up on this tree. I was not coming out of that tree. And it, uh... It paid. ended up paying off. I uh, climbed up into the tree. I'm, I was sitting there for maybe forty-five minutes to an hour after dark. And you glass. You
1: glass this other dude. How cl- like can he see you line no, of sight? No, we could not see each other. Okay,
2: I, I did look. I looked hard. Oh People yeah, couldn't see each other. There was, there was no way we could see each other. because uh, like I said, I got high up in the canopy, so yeah, I, I that was the best cover that I could possibly get. So, um. Sitting there about 45 minutes to an hour after daylight, and I see movement ahead of me about 50 yards. And I determined after it got daylight that I was going to have to come to full draw on a potential shooter way early. Because of the lack of cover that I had once they got in close. Mm. If, if I did it while they were out a little bit of ways, I, I had that canopy from all those trees kind of helping cover me up. Mm-hmm. But once they got to that scrape that I knew that they were all going to hit once they got to that pinch, I was, per- I was skylighted. There was nothing behind me but open sky. Mm-hmm. So I draw on this deer when he's about 50 yards away working in my direction. And... I wanted, it felt like a mistake at the time, but there's no way I would have killed this deer if I didn't do it otherwise. So I come to full draw. He proceeds to hit three scrapes before he gets to this mega giant scrape 15 yards ahead of me. Okay, how long does this take? I'm sitting at full draw. I'm going to guess two
1: minutes. Okay. Thank God for looking. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um,. And you're shooting the, the the new breed, right? The old new yes, breed. Yes. It's got a pretty good let off. It does.
2: I think it's like eighty, eighty-five percent. But like.
1: it feels it feels good. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah. It does. And you on your bear hunt, mm-hmm. held at full draw for a long yeah. time. If you go to the YouTube, didn't we put a clock on there uh, yeah, or something?
2: I actually forgot all about that. Yeah. You just mentioned it, but yeah, I sat at full draw on him for quite some time too. <laughs> okay, so this is the Kyle goes <laughs> here.
1: <to. is>, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting a trend, I guess. Um, so he finally commits to the scrape. He gets to the scrape, and I'm lo- I'm sitting. How there did looking. you know he was a shooter? I'm on back yet.
2: When I came to full draw, I wasn't positive that he was a shooter. Okay, I, I just saw that he had a rack and that he had some decent mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you seen
1: a good cage?
2: Yeah, that's basically that's basically. He could be a two
1: and a half year old one one hundred incher, and he yeah. could be a one forty.
2: Right, but like I said, I knew that if I let him get close, I wasn't going to get the full draw without him seeing me, and there was. Only a couple shots that I had, mm. so he gets to the scrape, um, he works it, and he steps out. And as he steps out, I, I just want to make sure that he stopped because I, with him being with the it still being that early, the the winds being very variable like they were, I didn't want anything. I just didn't want him to catch anything. And he was coming in on my ground scent as well. So
1: he yeah. so he walked in the way you had walked in.
2: Yes. Shut yeah. the front door. We'll touch on that, too. Okay. I, there, there's a there's a new tactic that I've been using this season that, I for me, I've noticed a huge difference. Okay. And we'll touch on that later.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to drink another beer, then.
2: So, I stop him. Okay. And as I stop him, he looks right up at me. And, like I said, I'm perfectly still away to Nothing behind me but open sky. Um, I set my pin. He's at 13 yards at this point. Set my pin not at the bottom of his at the bottom of his cage, but like a third of the way up a stake on my end. And as I let go, he kind of starts to take off. Shut the front
1: door. uh, Wow. Okay, so he
2: He starts to take off, and I spine him. Okay. He drops in his tracks. I feel like crap. That's something that I hate. Mad growing, scramble but, though, right? Yeah, it's a mad scramble. It's bow hunting. It happens. I've, I've done it, but I work super hard in the off season to make sure to to try and be spot on with my with my archery equipment. But it happens, so I hurry up. He's laying belly at me at this point, um, kind of quartering away. I hurry up, knock another arrow, and I slide one in just behind his rib cage and up into his chest cavity. So getting the goods. Yes, I got, I got all in the goods, and I'm thinking, this is it. Hang your bow up. Yep, hang my bow up. Uh, he kicks around for about another 45 seconds or so, and then he lays his head down. Um, I know we're talking about it being hot right now, but you kind of touched on it earlier with, with Andy's uh, hunts in the morning, but it's... It's forty degrees when mm. the sun's coming up here in Ohio, but mm. it's getting up to seventies around noon. So I can still see my breath at this point. I would think that going through that kind of stress, this deer, if he's if he's breathing heavy, I, I would be able to see his breath, and I would see his his ribs moving, And ear see, twitch. Yeah, I don't. You would see, see any, any movement. Of this. Yeah, I don't see any of this. I'm sitting, just enjoying the moment, living in the moment for the next. You think you've done it, victory? Yeah, I think it's done. I think it's over with. For the next 15 minutes, I think this this seal, I think it's all done. It's your your done. bow is
1: hanging up. Yes. You are still in the tree stand. Did yes. Dude, did you have the adrenaline dump at this point? Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of what I was sitting through, was I was just sitting in that moment, enjoying
1: that moment that we all kind of see. Did um, you know how big he was? I didn't. I you didn't. just saw a solid cage still. Yeah. One, and and one, then kill mode.
2: I didn't know exactly how big he was. No, mm-hmm. I didn't. And... I was like I said I was just enjoying the moment the hard work had finally paid off this deer's done um, and, and I'm sitting in the in that moment that that we all that we're all looking for and 15 minutes at least 15 minutes after all this has taken place this deer must have saw me start to pack up but he his front legs just start kicking and he starts dragging his lower half through the woods trying to get away from me and I am just an absolute all like what is going on
1: yeah you've got and, one in your chest you got one on your spine you've sat yeah. still for 15 minutes
2: yeah and um so i hurry up and he ends up getting out of range or not out of range but i don't have a shot at him at this point where he ends up making his way to um so i drop my bow down uh, with a pool rope, and I jumped down out of the tree, almost fall out of the tree trying to get out quick to put another one in this deer, and I end up walking up to six yards to him, and uh, putting another one in him just to finish him off. And yeah, I, I, I felt like crap him. at that point, but I wanted to, I wanted to end it as quick as I possibly could for this guy. Um, so that was, so that was it. I mean, that was, that was, that was it. He, he kicked around for another thirty seconds, and then, then he was done. Mm and uh then another adrenaline dump came i got a two oh, yeah. for, i got a 2 for 1 <laughs> so, what
1: about that dude that's sitting 60 yards away he <laughs> thinks you've murdered two deer at this point he has no idea he probably yeah. heard you running across after this deer yeah there's absolutely no way i don't know if he guy th- probably thinks you're spear hunting chasing him down
2: <laughs> i don't i'm not positive if he stayed in the stand i would imagine that he stayed in the stand because was, he was still in the stand at this point because i shot him just a like right around 8 o'clock. Yeah, it's not
1: like you waited a long time. Yeah,
2: it's not like a midday shot or anything like that. Um But yeah, I, I would love to know what he was thinking when he heard <laughs> all these arrows being let go there because there's no way he didn't hear them.
1: <laughs> he probably feels like shit. Did he see you drag it back?
2: Yes. yes. <laughs> the worst. He, he did. He didn't see it from his stand because I made sure that when I drug him out, I made sure that I went as far away from him as I could Naturally. to drag him out. Just to, I want to, it's You don't land, want that I'll guy. Watch. Yeah, you
1: don't want that guy in there hunting next year potentially.
2: That that I, I'm being very vague with the description of this place for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't want I don't want somebody to do that to me either. So it's public land. I get it. We're in it together. So I made sure that I went all the way around him. But when I got over to the creek that I had to cross again,
0: mm-hmm.
2: there's a white SUV that is just slowly driving back and forth on that road. And then like, I'm kind of hiding behind trees. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I would be doing the same thing. <laughs> trying to hide behind trees and make sure that he doesn't see me. And then it gets to the point where, like, dude, I'm just trying to get this dude out of here. I don't care if you see it at this point. So, mm-hmm. so, so he I'm, drives by how many times? White uh, SUV. I, I saw him at least three times.
1: So he's driving up the road. Yeah, and
2: the third time he came by, I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I propped this deer up on my leg. He can see it across the creek. And as soon as he sees it, he just peels out and takes off down the road. So again, if you're listening, buddy, I apologize. It was <laughs> it's just the nature of public land hunting, I guess. It's it was nothing directed towards. I hope you. he was an
1: out of stater and he doesn't come back. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> um,
2: also when I got to uh when I got to my truck I had a little note on my windshield wiper that said, Hey, if if you're the one that walked in on me, please find a different route in to my so you don't come into my area and I was like, you can kick I was, rocks, anyway, buddy. Hey, well it was it was an honest mistake. Um, you, he just called it his area. He called it his area. He called it his you area. You can kick rocks,
1: buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah, so but again he he definitely heard where I shot from. There's no way that if he goes over there, he doesn't find the tree that I was hunting in. So I'm going to do everything I can to respect this guy and hope that he stays on his side of the creek. And I put his side in quotation <laughs> because that's
1: his area. <laughs>
2: um.
1: Dude, that's awesome. And uh, see, so you, 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 you never, uh, I, w- I want to ask you when you walk up on this deer, because, dude, he's a stud what He's, like when when after obviously the the final arrow and, and it's done and said and done you got to be looking at this thing like dude i just saw a, shot a public land stud that is a yeah. special fucking feeling
2: yeah yeah it's um it, it was definitely i mean that's that's really the best way to describe it it was, it was a special feeling mm-hmm. um i i got my hands on him and i st- I didn't realize that he was as big as, as he was. I no. knew he was a good deer. I knew he was a good representative for the area, um, but then when I when I finally got my hands on him and I got to see how big his body was, because that's that's another thing. A big body on a deer can definitely make a rack seem smaller when it's on the hoof.
1: Yeah. Um, I got my. Hands I took on photos him. of this deer. Never once looked at his body. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Dude, got the loved, part <laughs> I, I love the brows the twos yeah. the bladedness yeah. uh, he's kind of got some sweeping beams with the crab call
2: front he's he's got a little squiggly in just about every time that he's got so uh, i think i'm gonna be a little surprised and when when I do finally getting taped out uh he's gonna be close to my biggest um he's definitely my biggest big woods buck he's definitely my biggest public land buck
1: mm. um got to have a pretty proud feeling yeah
2: absolutely absolutely it's, it's, there's a lot of pride yeah yeah and, and when when you when you finally when you finally start putting pieces of the puzzle together and you get in there and you find the hot sign at the right time and you you, you have that mobile ability and you, mm-hmm. you're able to hang and
1: that's what the big buck killers do
2: yeah exactly i mean you know? you, you're, you're able to when you, you do something that you hear all these guys on the podcast talk about and all yeah. the, that you're reading and stuff like that. Whenever you're able to say, yes, I've done that, that and it's It feels it's, so good. It does. It really does. The,
1: yeah. One of my favorite bucks, he's not in the room. He's I got to go pick him up. But yeah, it was one of those things where you, I read the sign and I killed him on it. Yeah. Um, it, it is it, a different feeling. It is. So, man, congratulations, dude. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. So, so I want to ask you, you said, I'm going to talk about uh, the fact that this buck came in on, on the ground hunt. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Um, so,
2: turkey hunting. Um, this past spring, I was hunting with an uncle of mine on some public ground um, in uh, southeastern Ohio, and he, uh, every time we would get out of the truck... He would get out in like tennis shoes or like a, just another pair of boots and mm-hmm. then he would get into the back of the truck and he would put on his hunting boots. Okay. And I asked, I was like, why don't, why are you, what are you doing there? Like, why don't you? Yeah. I just why, drive like, my I hunting boots. i yeah, walking in the woods. Yeah, like, I understand not pumping gas in your, in your boots. I gave up on that a long time ago. I, I get that. But I think there's really something to that. Okay. And with this. With, with, I guess, the line of work that I do, cross-contamination is now something that is coming to our everyday vocabulary and something that we're <coughs> always thinking about. Okay, Mr. CSI. Right? <laughs> so, I do not drive. I do not pump gas. I only put on my boots before I step into the woods. Yeah. I keep my boots in the back of my truck bed in a box, the box that they came in. And they only touch the a ground. A bin
1: or a box?
2: Uh, he uses a bin, I use a box. Okay. I use the box that they came in. Okay. And I have had several deer this year walk over my ground scent and
1: not even bat an eye at it. What about the I the fact you put your fingers on those laces? I I don't know. I mean Obviously that's not the part of the boot that touches the ground. Yeah, but but it's Fucking close enough, right? You would think. I don't, I don't know.
2: I, but you're a believer. I'm definitely a believer because this buck, this this is this is a four-year-old buck, I'm guessing. He walked right in on the same path that I walked in and never even stopped. Never even stopped. And I, I because I wanted to be quiet, I made sure that I was walking on their paths. Mm. So he was, he literally walked in on the same path that I walked in on and didn't, didn't even bat an eye. Mm. I'm, Look, there may be some skeptics out there. I know David Ebright right now is going to be the one that's like, "Ah, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all." Just because that's David. <laughs> but but I am a firm believer in if you only allow your boots to touch the the woods then yeah, nature that it's not that it's not going to raise any red flags to to the deer, I could be wrong, but I'm telling yeah. you right now. Yeah, I'm you, you killed
1: your first, your second best buck with this. Right, I'm going to continue. I to think anybody that says anything, you'd be like, dude, like I can't, and you can't not do it. Right, I mean, it's like and it's it's a simple thing too. It's one of those things that we talk you about say all it's the time.
2: Simple. Dude, if
1: I leave the fucking house, I'm, I'm putting on my boots. I'm going to drive there. and I'm going to run into the timber as fast as I can because that's what I like to do. But. I don't know. Dude, you laugh. I have stored my boots in a bin before.
2: Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you and I have talked before about scent control and how difficult it is, and now it's, like, one of those things that a lot of the big-time hunters say, you'll never be able to get away with Mm -hmm. scent control. It's a waste of time. It's that and the other. Mm -hmm. But we've always said that if it even gives me a 1% Mm -hmm. advantage, we're going to do all those 1% things that we
1: can. And it might just be a 1% thing. Dude, it got you your best buck. I don't think <clears throat> you can not. Yeah, you can't not not do it. Is what I like to say. I'm going to continue to do it. I can tell you that right now. Absolutely. <laughs> well, dude, Kyle. Uh, like I said, congratulations. Um, stud of a buck. Uh, the people listening to this, it'll be the cover art photo. It's been we put it on our social media the last two days. Um, I mean, just congratulations. You have you have any ambitions to 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 I don't either go out of state the rest of the year, or what are your thoughts? What's Kyle doing here?
2: There's a there's a definite possibility to uh-huh. go out of state. Um, I have abs- I have no ground that I've scouted out of mm.
1: state, or I have absolutely no idea
0: where I. And want some to go. of the gun
1: seasons are, are coming in Saturdays. A lot of gun season openers, the fifteenth, just yeah. I you would know more than I would. Okay.
2: okay, so um, I would I would like to go out of state. I would mm-hmm. like not to be done. Uh, yeah, but. It's also the holidays are getting are right around the corner. I can get back to work and make a little extra cash now, uh, yeah. yeah, so there's possibilities are are endless i I would lo- I would love to go out and do some more stuff, but I would like to do it more on like a team thing if that's something that we're gonna do.
1: yeah, yeah, we so and it's one of those things I think all our surrounding states, the gun season start the fifteenth ish, either the Monday or the Saturday. I think Kentucky starts this This Saturday, so so what? Gotcha. Like, you're not gonna go blow three hundred dollars for four days of hunting potentially. Yeah, that's, a, that's another. And thing. And you got some factors. work coming up. Yeah, that's factors into it. the The only state that I can think off the top of my head, and then it's a four hundred dollar tag, is the Illinois. But we'll look. Yeah, who knows? I'll go down for gun season two, because that's kind of where it all started for me. Yeah, family,
2: spending time with family, and. Um, that'll be the last well, week. summer saucers dough. never heard absolutely and that's the last week you can get a dough on public ground here in ohio so that's true. i might take advantage of that
1: yeah yeah and then obviously if, if any of the guys still have tags we'll, we'll probably do some drives to, to maybe put them in a good position so we'll see man um but dude congratulations stud of a buck i i i think you heard the excitement in my voice uh taking the photos like it's a pretty fucking cool deer like <laughs> it's a very good looking whitetail buck yeah yeah
2: so he's i'm definitely I'm, i'm honored to have taken him, that's for sure he's a good
1: representative for down that area well cool man hey i really appreciate this talk i think our listeners will get jacked up it's a pretty cool story kind of crazy ending and uh i think
0: team herder and bucks we're out